It's a new day and time for another NCEA podcast. But before we begin, try and guess which diocese our guest is from today. Here's your hints. This archdiocese contains the oldest continuously operating school for girls and the oldest Catholic school in the United States. This archdiocese was created in 1793 as a joint creation of the King of Spain and the Pope. This archdiocese remains one of the largest Catholic school systems in the country, with 70 elementary schools and secondary schools, 32,000 students, and has the distinction of being home to the highest number of religious order-owned schools in the country. It's one of seven dioceses in the state of Louisiana and served as the host for the NCEA convention this past year. Join me on a virtual tour to... New Orleans, Louisiana, as we visit the Archdiocese of New Orleans. I'm Laura MacDonald, and this is another teacher edition of the NCEA podcast. My guest today is Dana Stiller from Mary Queen of Peace. Welcome, my friends, to Mrs. Stiller's classroom. And thank you, Dana, for agreeing to join us on the NCEA podcast today. Thank you so much, Mrs. McDonald. I am so happy to be with you guys. It's such a pleasure to be able to speak with you guys about our program here in the Archdiocese and in our school. Well, we're glad you were here. So let's let's get right to it. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So I am born and raised in New Orleans, outside of New Orleans, a suburb. Um, so very close to the city, very close to this culturally Catholic area. I didn't realize until I was in adulthood that I'm so blessed to have been able to grow up here and live here in a place where Catholicism is rich and exciting and very popular among the people who live in and around um, New Orleans. So very grateful to be here. I'm also the mother of three grown children, just sent my last child, my only daughter, to college. So I have that empty nest syndrome, which you know, it's it's taking a little bit to get used to. So I'm happy to be able to come to school each day and see the smiling faces of children. Happily married for 32 years, um, have a very firm foundation in a sacramental marriage, which has allowed me to be productive for, for 28 years of educating children in both public and Catholic schools, 20 years in the Catholic school system, eight years in my early um, teaching career in the St. Bernard Parish Public Schools, but then moved on into the Catholic school system of the New Orleans Archdiocese. And we're sure glad you did. So you're currently teaching second grade, is that correct? That's correct. Tell us a little bit about your school. So Mary Queen of Peace Catholic School is located in Mandeville, Louisiana, which is just right above Lake Pontchartrain. So um, I was a transplant to this area. I grew up in St. Bernard Parish, but Hurricane Katrina in 2005 transplanted my family to Mandeville. And Dr. Lancaster in 2005 gave me a phone call when um, we were dispersed after the hurricane, and she offered me a second grade position at Mary Queen of Peace in 2005. It, at the time, it was supposed to be a temporary position, just taking the place of someone. <laughs> and then it, it has 
has lasted all these years, and it has been <laughs> such a blessing to be here. But our school is nestled among the trees. Um, we have right over 400 students, about 420. We have about two sections of every grade. We have two-year-olds through seventh grade. At eighth grade, they move on to the high schools in the area. And we just have a lovely family setting here. The parents are so supportive, high involvement with parents, you know, very low turnover with teachers. It's hard to get a teaching position here because the teachers just love being here and um, the parents are, you know, send their kids here, like all the children come and it's just a nice big family here. A lot of our our Catholic K-8 schools only have one class per grade. So that must be a joy um, being able to plan and um, coordinate with other teachers at your same grade level. Exactly. And that is promoted, especially the classes where um, the children are self-contained through second grade. There's a lot of collaboration where the two classes are very modeled after one another. You know, they follow the same curriculum, the same lesson plans, teachers share and plan together. So it, that is the model here at Mary Queen of Peace. And that really makes for a strong, strong um, classroom where you can help each other on your strengths and weaknesses and the students just get the very best. So last time we spoke, you were getting close to completing your lay ecclesial ministry program in your diocese. So for our listeners who are not familiar, can you please share with us what is this? So it was the spring of 2019, and I was um, set to attend a Sophia Institute program that the Archdiocese was offering for us on a Saturday morning. And I awoke to a quiet whisper of lay ecclesial ministry coming from the Holy Spirit. And I had been praying for that whole school year. I, I was just so thirsty for more knowledge and wasn't quite sure if I wanted to enter into a master's program for, you know, education, administration. But I, I looked at my life and it was like, anytime I had free time, I was just reading lots of Catholic literature, lots of Catholic books, listening to Catholic radio, watching EWTN. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit actually gave me very clear direction about lay ecclesial ministry. So right away, I just sought out all the proper uh, avenues to get more information about lay ecclesial ministry. And at that Sophia Institute class that seminar that morning, there was actually a representative um, from the Archdiocese of New Orleans, James <laughs> Bean. And I happened to say out loud, does anybody know much about lay ecclesial ministry? And he said, oh, that's my, my department. And he says, I think I even have a booklet in my bag. <laughs> he shared it with me. And that was April of 2019. And I quickly submitted my application, got into the program, have been in that program ever since then, taking classes in the summer, the fall, and the in summer, fall, and spring. Uh, one, basically one course each semester. So it's ve been a very enjoyable program. And it, it forms us almost in the same types of classes that the priest and the deacons get formed in. It develops, you, you know, the intellectual, the spiritual, the pastoral, um, 
we have all those different types of formation. Sometimes, you know, I have been in classes with deacons and their wives. I have also been in class with some seminarians. So I go over to the seminary once a month on a Saturday and I take, you know, the class, whatever class has been scheduled for that semester. But, um, you know, reading the document um, on lay ecclesial ministry called Co-Workers in the Vineyard of Our Lord, um, it was a a great way for me to start to try to get some information about the program and that the church is setting up to try to empower the lay people to be co-responsible for the church and for spreading God's message. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Um, Part of this lay ecclesial ministry program is to create a lay ministry commission practicum. Uh, Boy, that's a tongue twister for you. Um, Please tell us about your practicum. What have you been working on? So, you know, my very first course, I had Dr. Tom Tom Neal over at the Archdiocese, an amazing professor. And he had taught us a little bit about you know, the family catechesis and involving the family as the first teachers of the faith. And it just really caught my interest. So that stayed with me all through these formation classes. And then I, when I finally had to come up with the practicum that I would do to, um, to culminate my training, I thought, hey, I want to, I want to do this. I want to enrich our families to to learn how to live liturgically in the home. And I want to bring that same model into the Catholic classroom. I want to live liturgically in the second grade Catholic classroom in order to strengthen the domestic church. And so that has been my practicum, which is being implemented right now in my second grade classroom. Very nice. So let's pause for a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, let's ask Dana about putting her practice, her practicum into practice. Today's podcast is brought to you by NCEA's membership services. We are happy to announce that membership renewal has begun. Our top priority is to provide Catholic school educators with innovative leadership, professional development, advocacy, and resources to help strengthen your community. Your NCEA membership gives you and your entire team access to exclusive NCEA publications, webinars, podcasts, and many other professional development resources. To learn more about all NCEA has to offer, please visit our website, www.ncea.org. We are back with Dana Stiller, and she's going to share how she is strengthening the domestic church right from her second grade classroom. So let's get started. Okay, great. So we started the beginning of the school year in August. We always host an orientation for parents. So when parents came out for a second grade orientation at Mary Queen of Peace, I decided to have cookies and lemonade for the parents to introduce them to liturgical living in the second grade Catholic classroom. So I always feel like if you feed, if you feed them, they will come. And so we let them (laughs) be happy. (laughs) Exactly. We let the parents know ahead of time that they would be um, there. They were invited to learn more about our second grade classroom, but also about the liturgical living that would be taking place. And so 
I, I had put together just a little gift for the parents, which they knew ahead of time that they would receive something. And um, this summer, there was a world meeting of families in Rome. So I had purchased all the little, the little holy card, which was a family love vocation and path to holiness, and included that with two documents from the Knights of Columbus, one on the family in the modern world and letters to families, and just kind of gave this to them, you know, that something that they could take home and read and how to strengthen their family in this world to pass on the faith. So that was kind of the beginning of the liturgical living. And then what I did was everything I've done has been so easy and simple and pretty inexpensive. So we asked over the summer with our summer letter mail out, I asked the, um, all of the second grade families to be sure to send in a family photo because we were going to be creating a liturgical living uh, bulletin board. So the 40 families of our second graders have all sent in beautiful photos of their families, which are on display in the hallway. And just today at Carline time, one of the faculty members said, I so enjoy looking at that bulletin board. She says, I love seeing the big families that we have here. And so I thought it was a way to show the faculty and staff that we do more than teach just the child, that Mm -hmm. we are here, we exist for the family, and that these children are connected, like we have them throughout the school day, but they are connected to, you know, siblings, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, that families are important. As Catholic educators, we do. We agree that the parents are the primary educators of their children. But if the students have parents without a religious understanding of the Catholic faith, it makes it difficult when it comes to raising a child in the Catholic school. So, you know, like our students, I think it's important for us to meet our families where they are and support them in those primary roles. Not to mention, uh, most of our schools are increasing right now with new families coming to the school, and, and, and they're going to need this extra support. And it's part of our job to, to help them with their faith formation as well. That's exactly right. Yeah, just this school year alone, I've received four students from the nearby public school system into our Catholic school. And... They are just, the families are delighted that their child's getting religion each day and prayer and, you know, mass each Wednesday. But one simple thing that I do is on the second grade newsletter that we send home each week that has like the homework assignments, the test schedule, the spelling words, I just um, simply add at the top the the week of ordinary time that we're in. And then for the different days, like um, for next week, you know, we have St. Francis of Assisi on Tuesday. We have St. Faustina and Blessed Father Silos, who's from New Orleans, on Wednesday. And then next Friday, we'll have the opportunity to do First Friday Adoration with the students at our church during the school day and to celebrate Our Lady of the Rosary. So every week, just a simple little way to show parents that we're living liturgically, um, you know, and to let them know with the weekly newsletter. So a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Mary's birthday on September 8th. And, you know, on the newsletter, it it showed that we would be celebrating the nativity of the Blessed Mother. And a student came in that morning, one of the students who came to us from the public schools, and she says, Miss Stilver, my mother's birthday is the same day as Mary's. Uh And that's, that's when I said, you know what, it's touching the domestic church. 
what yes. we're doing. Mm-hmm. Planting well, and, those seeds. And I, what I find as a former second grade teacher at one at one time was the parents do, they read over the newsletters with their child. And so coming home with just little bits of information about the ordinary time or the liturgical calendar is really helping our students and our parents have the vocabulary to grow in knowledge together and practice their faith. And as you said, it was pretty simple to just add those to what you are already sending home. I love, I love it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it sounds like your work is really enhancing the educational experience of your, your school community. What effect do you see on parent participation since you started this program and using, and have been using some of these strategies in your classroom? So I, one of my mothers um, who was new to to our school this year, she said that she joined one of the Bible, women's Bible studies at our church. Um, You can see that her faith is being enriched by what we're doing in the classroom. And I have the Remind app, which we're allowed to use here at our school. We, it's a great way to keep in touch with parents. And I will send them pictures, like for Our Lady's Assumption, um, the night before my husband and I put together, together some blue jello treats and then brought some whipped cream to school the next day and then had a little printout of Mary like in the clouds um, and attached it to a little straw where they could, <clears throat> while they were painting the Assumption of Mary, they could also enjoy the little treat where it was looked like Mary was in the clouds. And so I would take a picture of things like that and send it to the parents so that they could be a part of what their child was experiencing in the classroom and maybe it have de- a conversation. It definitely is a family affair. I mean, you said your husband was helping you <laughs> create the treats and I'm sure your students know that and just love to hear that your husband was at home helping you prepare something for them. Exactly. Yeah. He's been, like I said, he has been the firm foundation for me to be able this type of, to be this type of educator all these years. What are some other um, activities you are doing in your classroom to help with this, with this um, mission? So a couple of things that we're doing, um, and each week looks a little different, but, you know, showing them some sacramentals like blessed salt. So they know a lot about, um, the holy water, you know, but didn't know quite about blessed salts and, you know, taught them, show them this and, and taught them about, you know, they love personal stories. So I told them that, you know, Miss Stiller sprinkles this around the doorways of her home and just to keep like all the holiness in and, you know, all the bad effects out. And they wanted to know where, where can we buy that? And just, um, just simple things like encounters of like catechesis of the good shepherd. I'm not fully trained in it, but, you know, did a a little class this summer to where I could be exposed to it so that I could introduce some things, but, you know, just something like this, going up to each child and let them encounter Christ, the good shepherd, um, you know, just, just simple things, even being more intentional this year with their birthday celebrations. So, you know, buying just on Amazon, like some Christian birthday cards, so that when they get a little birthday card from Miss Stiller, it, um, like this one says, pour on the blessings, sprinkle the fun. And then it has like a little Bible verse in the inside, like just being very intentional about being Catholic and Catholic Christians. 
but um, yeah, lots of watercoloring of the saints. Oh, and just a highlight of every day, and if I ever forget, they want to remind me, is Franciscan Media, Saint of the Day. It is the highlight of our morning. It's the way we start. And what I do is I, Franciscan Media always has a beautiful image, Catholic art, and I, I just make it really large on the, on the smart board. We dim the lights, and then I play Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day at least twice. And then I tell them, listen for holy words. I'm going to ask you for something holy that you heard about that saint. So if I ever forget, they're like, Miss Stiller, we, we need to do Saint of the Day. And the minute I pop it up, they're cheering. Say, I love Saint of the Day. So that has been a highlight. But even like bringing in icons, like this exact icon was in their religion book. And I, I had one in my son's bedroom. It was a gift to him when he served um, in campus ministry at the University of Notre Dame. And I, I brought this to school and let each child encounter the icon and then taught them a little bit about icons. And um, we'll be talking about the, the Seven Sorrows Rosary soon. And we'll also experience benediction at the first Friday celebration next, um, next Friday. I see by where you're sitting and even, you know, all over your desk, you have lots of visuals that help enhance the experience. I think sometimes we forget that our words are not always enough. And the more we can enhance with pictures and music and just appeal to all their senses, the better they'll learn and the more memorable that the learning experience will be for them. That's exactly right. So my whole, whole approach in this practicum is to be sensory and to really encounter their sights, sounds, their, you know, the feel, like all of their senses. So I did put on display for you things that are in the classroom. You know, I have, um, I ordered two dolls from heaven because I figure one day I'll have grandchildren, but we have Pope John Paul with us each day and we have St. Bernadette and we have beautiful Catholic literature. We wish our listeners could see all of these great visuals. (laughs) They're going to have to come to your school and take a look. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll have um, like Gregorian chant playing when they enter the room or some peaceful Catholic hymns. And I know last year when I started with the Gregorian chant, I had a child whose family attends the Latin Mass. And the minute he walked in, he says, Miss Stiller, you're, you know, that that is in Latin, what you're playing. And so they, it sets the tone. The moment they walk into my classroom, there is instrumental Catholic hymns playing or the Gregorian chant. I just pull up a YouTube and it, you know, it sets the tone. Mm -hmm. What about those intermediate or high school educators with us today that are listening? What advice would you give them if, if they want to get parents more involved in their child's faith journey? So I say begin with the student. Because I have noticed over my 20 years of educating in the Catholic schools that towards the end of the school year in May, I get notes that are handwritten from parents that basically say, Mrs. Stiller, I'm not quite sure what you did in the classroom, but my child's faith has, you know, has increased Um, there's just something transformational that has happened this year with my child. But I see that it touches the family. 
because the child goes home and shares their stories and it reaches the family, you know? And um, so I would say with those high schoolers, definitely start with that child um, right where you are with the child that you have. And they just know that they do come from the family, you know, ask for the family pictures so that they can be represented so that we can see that these, these children, you know, come from, it's not just that one child that you're seeing, but also with that age group, you know, include Bishop Barron. They love like video and Bishop Barron's Sunday homily and, um, you know, Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year. Like, yes, I would definitely do that with those older students. And Father Mike Schmitz is going to do catechism in a year starting in January. So I think kids like that age group would love that, like love having their own Bible and following along. And they, and they appreciate Father Mike. He, he speaks yeah. to that, the, the high schoolers quite well. So that's a great resource, definitely. Yes, that's what I would do. And I would have that laminated liturgical calendar hanging up in the classroom because you're going to have some children who stare at that all year long and it sinks in. It's, it sets that little seed of faith. And, you know, once that seed is planted, it's, it can't be removed. I, I think, too, it also is a nice visual for a teacher. When I know I had one up in my classroom, I would reference it more. I would bring it into other discussions. It, it, it was just a nice visual reminder for all of us. And students, you're right. They'll, they'll look at it and say, oh, we're almost here, and, and you know, talk about the different seasons. So I, I, I think that's very powerful, those visuals. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm loving behind you seeing all these, these great second graders are getting to see this every day in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what has this program meant to you as a teacher? So, you know, teaching 20 years in the Catholic schools, and it has been quite enjoyable. I feel like I finally found my niche. You know, I started off in public education, fifth grade, then switched schools, moved to first grade, and after several years, moved to third grade. Then once my children were old enough to get into schools and we put them into the Catholic schools, um, and then I, I started to teach where they were, um, I just feel like this practicum and this program of lay ecclesial ministry has almost, I've, I've reached like a high point in my, in my career. Like, I feel like this is actually what I've been meant to be doing all along. So I am so grateful that, you know, the Holy Spirit has enlightened me to this program that has been, you know, so available and, and pretty easy to do. Um, you know, even having a family at home that one Saturday a month is not too painful to, to be away from the family. They can handle it, uh, you know, but no, this program has enriched my own personal life, my family life, because I share with my family things that I'm learning when I do attend class. And you're almost done with this program. Is that correct? So yes, I will be commissioned by Archbishop Amen at St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans towards the end of January. And then if I continue on with maybe just like four more courses, I will actually have a master's in pastoral leadership. Oh, very nice. So it blends itself well into the master's program, which is called MAPL. 
And if you go to nds.edu and search lay programs, you can look at all the coursework that's required. And I have to say, it has been quite enjoyable to go through that program. And our pastor here, Father John Tran, he has been so supportive of, you know, assisting assisting me financially from the church parish to go through this program. So it has not not been, you know, a burden on us. And we just commit our services to the church and to the school. Um, and that's how we, we pay back. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. And, and thank goodness um, for the programs like these. Exactly. So let's... Let's wrap this up with a few fun questions. How about, well, this one I think is going to be hard for you because I see books all over in that (laughs) case behind you, but how about a favorite book or a book you'd like to recommend today? Okay, so I have to, this is like, I am, I just love books. I am a lover of books, Catholic books specifically, but in conversation with God is, I found a sample of it when I was doing a one-hour adoration at St. Peter's Church in Covington, this is years ago, and there was one on the table that I could borrow to read. Well, I, this is a book, it's a seven-volume set, and it follows the liturgical year. This is a book that is so rich in content that I think every Catholic should own it. (laughs) So in conversation with God. Exactly. In conversation with God, Francis Fernandez, but um, Jose Escriva is quoted a lot in this book. But this book is so rich and so powerful, and I think every Catholic should know about it. Thank you. That's great. Um, Favorite childhood teacher, and and maybe why? Why? Okay. So... I loved Mrs. Carlin. Mrs. Carlin taught me in the middle school age, and she she was just my favorite. And it was so weird because years later, we both realized the um, the comparisons, like she's married to a Jay, I'm married to Jay. She had three children, two boys and a girl. I had three children, two boys and a girl. She was a second grade teacher. I was a second grade teacher. So, but she was my favorite because she just really showed that she enjoyed being with the students. Very nice. Uh, How about a resource you can't live without? So a resource I can't live without, I really do love my liturgical living um, calendar. And I also from LTP, the same company, they also make a, a book, it's um, Children's Daily Prayer. And when I was at Our Lady of Prom Sucker in Chalmette, um, you know, leading up to Hurricane Katrina, that is where I taught third grade, they would read the little introduction each morning during morning announcements from that Children's Daily Prayer. And I just remember it really setting the tone for the school day for the children. Because lots of times it would mention the saint of the day, or it would, it would mention something liturgical, a feast day, a solemnity. Um, so that is a, that is a product that liturgical, Liturgy, um, LTP, they, they sell the laminated liturgical calendar, but that's also a book that I like to purchase every year. Very nice. Favorite scripture? 
So my, I have lots of favorite scriptures. I could imagine you do. <laughs> yeah. One that has become more important in these past um, few weeks is that because I see that this practicum is like a planting of seeds in the delicate soil of second grade hearts and souls. And so just a few weeks ago, we had the scripture at mass where we plant the seeds, we water, but God causes the growth. And sometimes that growth will be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when these children grow up and they have a rich faith because little seeds of faith was planted in their souls, in their hearts, you know, in the Catholic schools, in the, the pre-K classroom, the kindergarten, the first grade, second grade classrooms. Um, so that is a, a verse that I, I know that I plant the seed, I help God, I try to water it, but it's actually going to grow, you know, with God causing that growth. And sometimes as teachers, we don't see the growth right away. Sometimes it comes back to us later in life. I, I think that's important to remember that the, the seeds we plant, we may not get to see that growth, but it's there. It's, it's there. there. Yes. Any shout outs today? So I have lots of shout outs. Um, I first of all want to thank, you know, Father John from our church parish who has, who said yes from the very beginning for me to be in this program. And then my, my principal, Mrs. Scancy, who, when I first told her that I wanted to, you know, try to accomplish this program, she said, Dana, I can't think of anyone better to try to do this program. You can do this. Um, and Dr. Jordan Haddad, he came on as the director of the lay programs at the Archdiocese the very same summer or that I joined. And he has been a phenomenal, I have had him as a professor in the lay programs, but he has done such great work with the lay program at the Archdiocese. Also want to give a big shout out for Michelle Knoll, who I encountered her at a Will Woods marriage retreat where she and her husband spoke to the marriage couples in attendance. And she is a homeschooling mom of about five children. She lives in New Orleans. And she taught us about how her family lives liturgically in the home. And so that really just set that interest in me several years ago when I was in her presence. Um, and again, Dr. Tom Neal, who brought this program to the lay program to the New Orleans Archdiocese. And so I'm so grateful of how he just has, you know, a spark of interest in strengthening the lay catechist so that we can be co-responsible with the, the clergy and in, you know, strengthening the Catholic church and, and Christ's mission on earth. It has been an absolute joy. I can feel the enthusiasm and love for the Catholic faith that you have in your heart. And I know that you are making a huge difference, not only in the lives of your second graders, but in the lives of their their family. So I, you know, it's been a pleasure to to share you with our listeners today. Thank you so much, Dana, for for agreeing to do this podcast. Thank you so much. What a gift it has been to prepare for this. 
So from Mary, Queen of Peace in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, um, thank you so much. And thank you to our NCEA podcast listeners. Please remember the most valuable resource we have is each other. So do you or someone you know have something worth sharing? Of course you do. Let us know. We could be visiting your diocese and introducing you as our next podcast guest. Thank you. Thank you.